0: Fellows are here, Chris Creston producing the show from high atop Creston Towers. After a nice little Easter break, Rob Trevisan is here in Coors Key driving the show. And speaking of driving, I was reading a really interesting um, exclusive from Benster from the Toronto Star, who usually is on the uh, transit beat and talks all about, you know, the TTC and things like that in the city. But he's talking now about the fact that Toronto is short. More than $27 million in unpaid traffic fines. In fact, he says over the past decade, as thousands of motorists have skipped out on paying for non-criminal offenses like running red lights, driving with a suspended suspended license, and speeding, it really raises questions now about the effectiveness of a fine-based legal system that's supposed to deter dangerous driving and keep the streets safe. Our first guest is going to talk about a loophole that uh, is involved in uh, allowing people to keep driving while they have all these fines. Patrick Brown, not that Patrick Brown, not the mayor of Brampton, but a partner in the in McLeish Orlando law firm and a road safety advocate joins the show now. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Hello, Kelly. Hey, Patrick. So um, let's start off at the uh, nitty gritty of this story. Who's responsible for not collecting fines incurred for violating the Highway Traffic Act?
1: I mean, the responsibility is with the government to collect those fines in the Ministry of Transportation. They're the ones that are responsible for fines and having these come in to our court system. Obviously, the, the one person most responsible for payment of the fine is the person who has to pay the fine.
0: Right. And we find that there's clearly, most of us are good. Most of us try to uh, avoid the fines increasing or going to court. And what we do is we just pay the fine. But uh, I hear that the top offenders are the highest yearly value of defaulted fines in Toronto over the past decade have been related to obeying traffic signals. So these are people like uh, the people who are running red lights or fail to yield for a pedestrian, make a prohibited turn, uh, driving with a suspended license generated the second highest value of defaulted fines, driving without a permit, speeding, driving without a proper license also in the top five. That's kind of scary when it comes to uh, the safety of the public in general so there's a loophole that is allowing people or people are taking advantage of when it comes to being able to you know, drive with these fines that they've incurred.
1: Yeah, what's scary about it is these bad drivers go, uh, break the law, run the lights, run the stop signs, uh, sometimes hit and kill people. Uh, they get a fine and, and they don't pay it. And so eventually that results in a suspension uh, of their license. Uh, but what you're finding is this repeat offenders just back on the road. Even with suspensions, they still get back behind cars, whether they borrow from a friend or a parent gives it to them, uh, and, and they're back on the road. And the scary thing about that is with a license suspended, suspended and they're still driving, they also don't have insurance. So when they do hurt somebody, uh, that person, the victim, is left with very little, if any, compensation. There are some avenues available to them, but for the most part, uh, they have a very limited ability to be compensated for their injuries. So it's got a double effect. Like, not only is this person suspended, they're not paying their fines, but at the end of the day, they're driving without insurance as well, which is pretty scary.
0: That's terrifying, in fact. So we've got the worst drivers, the ones that have already been... Uh, found breaking laws, now continuing to drive and putting everybody's safety at risk, not only their own. So, um, you know, you've spoken to the gravity of having suspended drivers still on the road and how significant it is. How do we stop this from happening? Because it is happening.
1: Well, the the thing, one thing we know is, is when they're suspended, uh, the penalty for, let's say, having a suspended license um, and driving again is another fine for the most part. It can range from 1000 to $5,000 if it's a highway traffic offense. Um, they do have some jail up to six months, but it's very, if ever, given to to people. And what's really, when I look at this issue, if your license is suspended, let's say, for a criminal code violation, like impaired driving or drunk driving, uh, things like that, or your your Um, license is suspended because of careless driving, and that's one of the penalties that was given to you, then if you're pulled over under a suspended license, the police can at least impound the vehicle, and you don't get the vehicle back until it's released and paid for, and that can be by the owner. So if you do lend your car to somebody with a suspended license, you could face those impoundment fees and have your vehicle impounded. So, But the one thing is for unpaid fines, if your license is suspended because of an unpaid fine under the Highway Traffic Act, that impoundment provision doesn't apply. And so it's just one tool the police can't use to stop these people from mm. driving. And secondly, allowing those people to give them their cars.
0: So we have to level the playing field.
1: Yeah, we've got to do more than just fines. I mean, clearly fines aren't working, especially people who don't pay fines and just ignore them. So you gotta start looking at greater penalties to send that deterrence. If you're gonna drive with a suspended license, put other people at risk with no insurance, uh, you can face much larger penalties, maybe mandatory minimums uh, like jail if, if needed, but also it can be community service. It could also mean a full revocation of your license and you're not getting the license back until you prove that you're responsible enough to uh, pay attention to the system.
0: Mm. But, I mean, that that last uh, solution, is it going to work on people that are willing to already drive with suspended licenses? Maybe not.
1: That's, that's, you're, you're, you're probably right. For There's a large portion of them, and I see them because mm-hmm. I have to deal with the consequences of these crashes and, 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 and deal with the victims' families so on trying to get compensation. But the one thing that they could do is certainly for the unpaid fine suspensions – uh, move that impoundment provision into that so that people don't lend their cars to these people. And as well, if you know that they're suspended, uh, then you shouldn't be given their car. It's an easy check. You can go. To the Ontario Ministry has the Ontario driver's license check. So if somebody wants your car, you're not quite sure if they're suspended or not. Uh, you can go on the website and just check to see if they have a valid license.
0: All right. That's interesting. So are you finding that that's the situation with many of these cases that suspended drivers are not, they actually don't have car ownership, they're actually borrowing cars?
1: Yeah, in a lot of circumstances, and especially they borrow the car, or they've gotten the car from a girlfriend, or they've gotten a the car from a friend, and then they're back out on the road.
0: Okay, so red flags to look out for. If you've got somebody that you kind of no, but not so well, asking you to borrow the car, then that might be a red flag.
1: You can be into all kinds of problems. Not only could you find your car impounded, you can't get it back. You've got to pay for that impoundment fee. Number two, they're driving out around without insurance. So as an owner of a vehicle, you're responsible if there's a civil action, and your insurance is the one that's going to step in potentially to pay for it. Um, So there's a lot of implications to somebody lending their car, and they really should be diligent in trying to figure out if this person does in fact have a suspended license because well, the consequences to the owner of the vehicle can be quite extreme.
0: Why are the powers that be not just closing the loophole? Because I mean, it seems to me that there's an incentive to make money through uh, fines that they're losing money on from for not getting payment of them and also incentive as far as public safety goes.
1: You would think so. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money that can go back into road safety. It's a lot of money that can be available to victims. Of road violence. So you think that there'd be a big incentive to obviously, number one, collecting these fines, but number two, ensuring that uh, this doesn't continue.
0: All right. So what has to be done to get the uh, the powers that be to act?
1: So firstly, I'd change the law. I'd put greater penalties to prevent it from continuing to happen. Number two, um, I wouldn't just rely on fines. I'd put in other deterrence penalties, such as revocation or jail time. Uh, Number three, I'd make sure that that impoundment provision applies to unpaid fines. Uh, And number four, I'd have a more proactive thing in the government to collect these Mm. fines. Like, uh, obviously, collection is a problem when you've got millions of dollars of unpaid fines.
0: Right. All great solutions. But how do we get the government to act?
1: Well, uh, you can you can try and knock on Queens Park door, but I mean, okay, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that, sound too very,
0: hopeful, Patrick. You no,
1: know, I, I I'm going to leave that to someone else. Give you the solution on that because I've I've looked at different measures. I think uh, people just have to talk to their MPPs and say, hey, mm-hmm. why, why is this law still in place, and how come we're not doing something about it?
0: Well, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for pointing this out. And I think uh, you know when some people read the headlines, they think, okay, well, what does that have to do with me, really? uh, because, you know, I don't owe any money, but it that does have to do a lot with you. If you get in a car accident with somebody who has a suspended license and, you know, you're hoping, uh, you know, you need help with their insurance and they just don't have valid insurance because of that. So I, I appreciate you pointing that out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, Kelly, I mean, all they have to do is go in and they can pay those, those fines. There's a reinstatement fee that they face and, there are also provisions where they can get a payment plan in place so they can get a motion to extend time or have a payment plan in place. So if they can't afford it uh, or can't, don't have the money, there are options available to these individuals as well.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Patrick. Have yourself a safe day.
1: Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers.
0: Patrick Brown, partner at McLeish Orlando Law Firm and Road Safety Advocate.